Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity we have to love you and to come together and to talk about what it looks like to live in healthy community. Can't stress enough, Lord, how grateful we are for your provision for us. And tonight we come before you and we thank you for your faithfulness and we thank you for this church and what it means to this community. And I thank you that you're giving us uh, great avenues and opportunity to serve in so many ways in this community. Father, thank you again for allowing us to be together and to be here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have you guys look at a section of Scripture with me first. Um, This is kind of the basis uh, for the first principle that we'll talk about in membership. And I'm going to read this and I'm going to ask a question. It says, Just as a body, though one, has many small parts, or has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, So it is with Christ, for we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in this body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, There are many parts, but one body. And I'm going to kind of give you just that context and that idea for us to talk about uh, being a member and coming together as parts of the body of Christ under one collection and one gathering. And so I have for you, I'm curious, when I say church membership, what kind of things come to your mind first? This year. What, what? Insight. The inside track. Ooh, I like that. Commitment. Okay, good. Accountability. Ooh, that's a little more painful, that one. I don't know. Ow. Okay. Other thoughts? Service. Okay, activity. Yeah. Other things? Family. Ooh, I like that one. Other things? It sounds fun to me. <laughs> fun, yes. Yeah, being connected. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Other things? A sense of belonging. Yeah, that's a big one, right? And it's that idea of like, where do we go from being like a visitor and a guest to now being part of something, to really kind of saying, no, that's, that's where I am, and that's who I am. That's what I'm connected to. That's a big one. Um, l- let me ask you this. Um, if you were honest, how many of you generally, genuinely, and you can like raise your hand quickly and put it down, would say you have a positive picture of membership in your head when you think of church membership? Positive. Okay. How many of you would say it was negative? Okay, 
And then there's the in-betweeners. All right, good. Okay, so there's a lot on either side, right? The front row people are the positives, right? They're like, yes, mm, just bathe me in membership right now, right? Mm, Just love it. Uh, but, But truthfully, there's been a lot of pain that's also associated with it. And so I want to be really clear that as we talk about membership, we know that there are a lot of different perspectives and understandings. Uh, I'm just going to give this as part of uh, your thought process. So this book, um, I Am a Church Member by Tom Rainier. I just like that he spells his name Thom. But um, uh, by Tom Rainier, he does a really good job in a very short read of explaining church membership. And really setting a good pace for what we're looking for and what we talk about when we say we're a part of something. Now, here, one of the things we're kind of kicking around is whether or not we're going to call it membership or partnership. One of the things that I've talked about in the past is being a shareholder and and being someone who's part of something. But part of that is because there's a lot of of things that go along with the idea of membership. And, And I would say one of the things is I want to be a functioning church member. That should be our first thought. And that should be our first goal, is that we would love to be functioning church members. I don't want to be just somebody who's connected in name only. I want to be somebody who is a part of something bigger. And that's why when we say partnership, it, it really is, hey, Jeff's invested, Cindy's invested, their family, their friends. Uh, we're invested, but we also, we're all linking arms because without me, there is something missing. And, and what I would hope for is that when we get to talking about church membership and when we get ready to say, yes, I want to be a part of this church and we're saying, yes, we're committed here, that we're saying we're going to be functioning pieces that make this thing happen. And if I am missing, something is missing. Uh, sometimes what we do is we think, you know, it's hard. And honestly, I will tell you, at like 3 and 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, it's a little bit tough for even me to get my road on the show, right? Some, sometimes it's like, ooh, man, I love night church. I will tell you that. That's one of my favorite things. So when we start our Sunday morning, I'm going to be a little bit, eh. but But the other side of it, though, is I, I, I do know that if I wasn't here, there would be something missing, And so that kind of gets me going. But I can only imagine if I'm not connected in service, if I'm not assigned a place to serve, if I'm not intricately involved with that night service, it would be a lot easier for me to go, "Eh, they're not going to miss me. And the whole part of it is, is when we're connected to a church, then we've got to be cautious that we don't kind of start pumping the brakes a little bit. And going, ah, they're not going to miss me because then along with that goes a few other things. And, and it gets dangerous at that point. Because then we start taking an outside perspective and we start stepping outside and we get analytical and we get critical. I was talking to somebody the other day. They said, I think I'm leaving my church. And I said, why in the heck would you ever do that? Why? I said, because um, I'm struggling. The pastor, I'm just not being fed. Um, and I'm having a hard time there, and have you, I just realized how many hypocrites 
are in my church. And I just started thinking, like, that's somebody who stepped outside and begin to analyze and look around. And, and I don't think it's bad to analyze and look like, I don't want you blindly charging into something, but we've got to be cautious that we don't push away from the table and begin judging everybody else's faults because quickly that turns toxic. At the end of the day, I just asked the guys, like, I hope that nobody else is judging you off of the same judgment that you are judging that church because if they realize how broken you were, you probably wouldn't have a chance either. He didn't like that much, but that's okay. But the big picture is we want to be functioning parts of a church. So if, if you hear me saying that and you hear that scripture text, what are some of the things that come to your heart and to your mind to being a functioning part, a functioning partner with Pipeline Church? What, give me some of those thoughts that come to your mind. Serving, okay. We got a lot of teams that you can do that with, okay. Additionally, yeah, finding the things that you're good at and doing that. I I tell people here when you're serving at Pipeline, you need to make sure that it's bringing you joy and that you're being lifted up. Because if not, either you're doing it wrong or it's not the right thing. And, and there isn't the possibility when you're doing what you're built to do. How many of you have something that you know you were made to do that you do on a regular basis? Anybody? Okay. Now, there are certain things for me that I know I was just built to do, and I don't get tired of them. In fact, what's hard for me is like you put me with a bunch of students Throughout the course of the week, like this week, I got the chance to not only uh, speak on a regular basis at uh, the high school, but then I also got to coach softball all week long, and I will put everything else on the back burner because I love doing that, and I know I'm made kind of to do that. It's awesome, right? And here's the other thing. I don't get tired of it. So when I hear somebody saying things like, oh, I'm just burnt out, it just means you're doing too many of the things that you're not built to do. And we want to get you in that sweet spot. So that's, a, I, I like that. That's my little side spot. Other things that come to your mind. Functioning. Part of a church. Doing what you're built to do. Serving. Other things. Tithing. Okay. Now, I would say, and Cindy and I were having this talk earlier today. One of the things that's interesting is people will come to church and they'll visit church and they won't give. Um, well, I'm not a member yet, so I'm not going to give yet. Well, here's the bigger piece. The biblical mandate for tithing is not my thing. Like, I didn't say you need to do this because we need to put more trees on the walls, okay? Um, I didn't say you need to give because we need to pay the power bill. No, the Bible says it's an act of worship. So, whether you're a member or not, you should be giving and tithing on a regular basis. But members and partners say, I am going to not only give what God has required, but I'm going to go above and beyond in this labor of love and in this community because I believe we are built for the greater good. And I'll tell you, this church is not built just to feed ourselves. This church 
will give away a significant portion of what we take in to maintain that mission and that goal and that function that a body of believers should have. And we know we would not be in a healthy situation if the majority of everything was coming in. There has to be a healthy outflow. And so, yeah, giving is a mark. And that would be one of those things. When it comes to say, yes, I want to partner with this church, that you're saying, I'm going to follow the biblical mandate to give and give regularly. Because that's what God's asked me to do, and I want to be a faithful part of that. Other things. Yeah, Cindy. What, when you think of it, does being a functional part and partner of the church look like? Yes. So looking outside of ourselves. So when we come to church, it's not just about what me and my family are doing and how we're feeling and what's going on, but it's also saying, hey, as I come into relationship with these people, we're investing in one another. And I'm going to bank on the fact that somebody is going to get outside of their skin to invest in me tonight, and I'm going to do the same thing for somebody else. It's a symbiosis of relationship, working together. Is that proper science teacher? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Other, thank you. Other functional thoughts for, uh, or, or uh, thoughts toward functional partnership. Stakeholders, shareholders, members. I would agree. I think uh, this week I had a conversation with two different individuals um, w- saying, hey, I feel like we need to surround this person and we need to invest in relationship for somebody else. And I think you would have a great place to do that. And so when we're in partnership, we can say, hey, I'm wondering, would you like to do life a little deep- deeper together? And that takes on that discipleship, that mentoring picture and some of that. And I love to see that what happen when we've got the older generation investing in the younger. And that's probably one thing that I crave around here. Um, when you walk in here, there's not a lot of gray hair, just mostly on this part of my chin right now, um, which I've got to shave this because I'm realizing it makes me look really old, I think. But, um, but the bigger picture of this is there's this side to us, there's this need to be invested in, that we need to be able to say, speaking of my life, and to have people around us that we trust to do that. Other thoughts for functional membership, partnership? You guys like the accountability. I like this. So here's the thing. Um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because almost every church has a group of people, if not a majority of us, who've been let down by people in the church. Okay? I don't like it when churches are policed by people who don't belong to the church. But the way that happens is when the church doesn't speak into the lives and hold accountable the people that worship there. And it gets sticky. Like, ugh, gross. Because people have junk. 
right? We all have our junk. We all have our stuff. We all have our hang-ups and our issues. And it's painful to say, you and I are partners together. And I'm telling you, as a partner, there's a spot in your heart and in your life that I want to help you with, but this can't keep going on. Ooh. See, because they say this in like organizations, they say this in teams, they say this in relationship. The team, the church, the, the function is only as strong as its weakest link, right? So now the joy of this is we are all rooted in Christ. So we all acknowledge from the get-go, hey, I'm a big bucket of mess. So there's no one that comes into this like strolling in like, hey, I deserve this. We all know we're messed up. So we step into this, but we also say, hey, if you see me in a place that, that I don't belong, if you recognize and see something in my heart that shouldn't be there as your brother, as your sister, as your friend, as your co-laborer with Christ, call me out on it. Talk to me. So we have a few things, and I wanted to give you just a few thoughts and we'll wrap up our time. We are all necessary parts of the whole. If you think to yourself at any given point, but I don't know that I have a function, then we need to sit down and you need to sit down with somebody from our congregation, one of our lead team people, and figure, like, let's find what you were shaped to do. Let's find what you were built to do. You may not be a preacher. You may not be a singer. Every time Kaylee sings, every time Wayne sings, I think I am not a singer, right? I tell them I lead worship once a year just to remind everybody why I don't lead worship on a regular basis. Uh, but it's that kind of thing. We may look and think, well, I don't have anything. But there's a couple people who serve here at this church on a regular basis, giving of their time on a weekly basis that you have never met, that you have never seen overtly what they do, and yet the function that they provide for this church makes this thing happen. We are all unique parts. And I would say we're on a battleship, not a cruise ship. And I've said this before, and I want you to get this in your head on a battleship, there are no extra people. There's nobody came along that, you know, kind of walks the deck and they're like, hey, what's your job? I don't know. I was just checking it out to see how things go. I just like to see, you know, what's happening out here, all the whooshy-whooshy of the planes. It's really attracting, you know. Like, nobody does that. There's a function for every single person on that ship. Now, a cruise ship is really different, right? Because there's like 10% of the people that are on the boat working their butts off to make sure you have a good time. And if you've ever been on a cruise, whether it's the really fancy one down to Ensenada that I went on the other day, or the Disney cruise, what you realize is that everybody on that ship has multiple jobs. It was so funny. Like, we'd wake up and go through the breakfast line, and then you could go to the evening show, and they're performing and then they go to like the, the safety thing and they're telling you how to, you know, how to die quickly off of the ship if it's going down. I don't know. I don't, it didn't make sense because I realized that nobody there cared if I lived or died who was on the ship with me. They were going to make sure they got out alive and I, okay. So, but the bigger picture of this is a cruise ship. You pay a lot of money, you get on the ship, you lay down, you relax and let them take care of you. Battleship says, if you don't do your job, we don't go. 
And that's what this is built like. That's what serving in the church looks like. This is a battleship, not a cruise ship. All of us have different skills and abilities. All of us have a different calling, but we're all necessary and all important. I don't know if you have, uh, I mean, been around long enough to see somebody who is missing a functional part of their body. There's a noticeable thing. There's something there that, that that's what we call handicaps, Right? And, and when we look at that, we don't want to be a church that has missing pieces. We want everybody invested. We want everybody actively involved. And here's the hard part. Exactly what I said earlier. When you stop working, you start looking around, and you can really quick start judging. We always drift to judgment because it makes us feel better, because it seems to make sense of what's happening around us. But that's a very, a critical spirit, the Word says, is one of the most dangerous things that you can have. For me, when my hands and my heart and my mind and my spirit are busy, when they're actively engaged in the mission, I don't have a lot of time to look around and figure out everything everybody else is doing wrong. And that's the call of God for the church. The next is we live in a, uh, from the biblical foundation of love. So we're not talking sexy love. We're talking like the kind of love that says, I care about you, so I will. Somebody asked me the other day, as a pastor, Jeff, do you get like so ticked off when people are just dumb? Like, because people are dumb. Like, let's be real. Like, and people come like, I don't know what happened. I'm like, I could tell you. It's not hard to figure out. But uh, the bigger piece of this is, does, is it so frustrating? No. There's a section of Scripture, and I keep coming back to it over and over and over again since God laid it on my heart to be a pastor a number of years ago, that Jesus looked across the, the groupings and the crowds of people, and he saw that they were lost as sheep without a shepherd, and he wept for them. He was broken for them. He didn't look and go, if you guys would just listen to me and stop jacking around, stop following your own desires... Even working with his disciples, I'm going to talk about it tonight, they share the Last Supper with him and then immediately start fighting about who's going to get the, new, the good seat in heaven. Are you kidding me? But that's our natural place. That's what we would do. And so we're going to work from the biblical foundation of love as partners and say, I'm going to see the best in you. And even when you're breaking and, and you're coming and you, you might do something that would harm me. Love says, I'll look beyond and I will see the kingdom of heaven come in this situation. The next part is we got to remember that unity is our strength. What tears churches apart is when you begin to have factions of people who want things their way. I will tell you, this is not a church where we will ever have a whatever, like a service for this group and then a service for that group and then a service for that group. No, we worship together. We're going to do this together. Now, part of the picture is we may not do it exactly how you would like it and we may not say it exactly how you would like it for the day, but unity is our strength. And when the Bible says they will know you by your love, 
One, it's that biblical foundation that we're working from, but it's also this unity that says, I know we make mistakes, but we're together. I know that there are issues, but we are together on this. The church is not about personal preference or desire. This is a countercultural idea to be partners with Christ in the mission of the church. It's countercultural. So the first thing is when we say membership and then we follow it by saying, but it's not about my personal preference, things start to break down in our typical life scenario. Now, we have a bunch of people here that are members of Country Club. We have people that run and help facilitate Country Club. And I have been at places where people sit and argue for hours about the color of the fill sand that goes in the fairway at the Country Club. But the truth of it is, we could always pick and we could always find something wrong. And we can create a faction and we can create a side story and we can create something. But the truth of it is, we will always fight against anything that would tear us apart because our unity is our strength. And we pray for and encourage our church leadership. Um, This would be my encouragement to you. Pray for me. (laughs) Pray for those who lead and regularly serve in this church. Pray, and and this is all. Pray for five minutes a day. That's it. I mean, that's an easy one. If you can, please. Because as members of the church, you want to pray for your leadership. It's funny, I was on the phone with Jonathan this week, Van Ryn, and we were having a nice conversation, and I let him know, here's a couple of things that we're walking through right now because he's on our oversight team. And I think you ended it saying, thanks for that uplifting conversation right? Because there's some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. I meet with Tom Terpstra on a regular basis, and we were just talking, like, I could go seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and still not make a dent in the numbers of people that want to meet, and how we could do, and what we can do to get together. There's just not enough time. And I'm going to commit to this church that I'm going to do the one job that only I can do, and that's to be the daughters, or the, the, the dad to my daughter's, and the husband to my wife, and then I will give you everything I got. But those two things come first. And I need your prayer, and I need your encouragement, and I need your support as we move ahead. Enough about me, now about you. We lead our families toward membership, and we want to train our kids that this is part of what it looks like to be part of the body of Christ, serving together. And finally, what is my final one? We regard church membership as a gift from God. So here's this thought that's been a regular thought in the church world. And anybody who tells you this, like it's not a new idea. They, when they say, you know what, I'm kind of burnt on church. I just believe like all of us who love Jesus, like we're just the global body of Christ. And there's been this, this big push, especially in the last number of years, where it's a great thing to be part of the global body of Christ, but not a, uh, a local body of Christ. And this is my thing. Don't believe it. There are people who have come here and they have left and said, you know what, I love Pipeline, I love what Pipeline's doing, but I just, I just want to be a, big, a, a part of the big global body of Christ. I don't feel it's necessary to be really plugged into the local membership. And I thought, oh, you've missed it so bad. Somebody sold you a bill of goods. That's not what it should look like. 
over and over and over and over in the letters from Paul to the multiple churches, three quarters of the New Testament and more, there are specific references to this is what it looks like to be a part of the local body of Christ. You have to be locally centered, connected. You can think local local and act global. You can act locally and think globally, whatever your picture is, but it has to start with being connected to a group of people that you find that can build into your life, that family aspect, that accountability. Do you know what you do when you disconnect from the local church and you become just a big, broad member of the global church? Great. I love it. I love the concept that there's millions of us across the world who all love Jesus Christ. But the scary thing to me is the people who say that most typically are running away from accountability. They're running away from pain. They're running away from family. They're running away from somebody who hurt them in the local church, and so they've figured out a way to disconnect and convince themselves that that's probably what Jesus would really want. And here's where I would strongly disagree. When Jesus was headed to the cross, if we could put it in our common terms, the conversation between between Christ and God himself looked like this. Heavenly Father, I will go, and I will die, and I will serve, and I will give. But at the end of the day, I want the church. Christ himself died on the cross for the redemption of mankind, for grace to be measured out. But there is only one entity that Christ himself imparted to this planet, and that was the local church. And he did it knowing that he would be the head. And so when you hear, what is Jeff Atherton? Jeff Atherton is pastor at Pipeline, but our lead pastor, that's Jesus Christ. And if you got a big argument, take it up with him. If you got a small one, take it up with me. The bigger picture is we are on mission with Christ, and that's what we're here to do. So what does membership here look like in the future? Again, we will probably term it more partnership. That's more where we're headed because with membership, there comes a lot of convoluted ideas that go with that. Um, Cindy and I have been talking too, and even right before I came, the whole shareholder idea, um, there's like stock portfolios involved and all that kind of stuff, which I know nothing about because I don't invest. But, but the bigger picture of it is um, there would be, some, oh, I get some perks of membership. Well, according to this, the perk of membership is you get to die to yourself, you get to serve, you get to be in community with people, and you get to connect to something way bigger than you. But it doesn't come with like free tickets to Clipper games when it comes around. It doesn't come with all the things that we would think. You know, my mother-in-law has season tickets to UCLA women's basketball. And she came and she brought my daughter's like Bruin-shaped gummies. And she brought them little towels. And she has a scarf that she brought them that says UCLA basketball on it. And all that stuff is cool. And it's the perks of being a season ticket holder. But you're not going to necessarily get that being a part of the church. Church is something different. It's a wholly different function. So with those things in mind, as we move ahead, what we would hope is this fall, we will probably look toward opening up membership, partnership at Pipeline Church. 
And the function and the way we want to do that is for the majority of you been to the numbers of meetings that we have had, and it would be an easy function for us to say, hey, you've already kind of gotten the flow of what this is all about. We'll have a large gathering giving you a chance to sign up and, and, and sign a contract with us and, and saying, yes, I want to be part of the body of Christ at Pipeline Church. And, and that's a big thing, saying not a contract but an agreement saying these are the standards that are set forth and these are the things that I want to be a part of. And then what we're going to do is probably as we move ahead, we will invite on a regular basis more people to attend times where we can talk through what the church is, answer their questions, teach them the basics of where we're at, and invite them into partnership with us. God is doing something great at Pipeline Church. I hope you get the picture over all of this. I hope that some of this has resonated with your own heart, and I hope it makes sense to where you're at. And here's what I would say. Tonight, if you have questions, if you have further thoughts, if you have other things that you'd like to know, or how we can uh, facilitate that, I, we want to be available. So after church, I'll be here and hanging out at dinner and doing the whole thing. Happy to talk with you. Happy to give you some thoughts or some things to do. I would encourage you. I'll take you back to this Go back to this, I am a church member um, by Thom, or Tom Rainier. Um, it's a great book. It probably, probably takes about an hour or less to read. Small, easy chunks. And it just gives a good understanding for us to all get on the same page of where we're at and what we're looking at for God leading us ahead. Does this make sense? Feel good? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take time, kind of the in-between, and uh, encourage you to go out and high-five people as they come in and all that. And then uh, Wayne and the worship team are going to lead us at exactly five o'clock. We're going to kick off the service, invite our kids in to worship with us. But let's just pray and, and seal this time with prayer. Lord, I want to thank you for your faithfulness. Again, I thank you for giving us a good picture of what it means to be a member of your body. And I thank you that you are creating a healthy church here at Pipeline Church. I thank you that you are creating an establishment of your kingdom here and that you are giving us the vision to pass on that culture and that DNA that you are putting inside of us uh, to more and more places, that we will be a planting church as well, that we will send people out into all the world to preach the message of the gospel, that, that your name will be made great through things that are done here. We are grateful for your grace on us, the, the amazing things that we have seen through your Spirit already. And we expect even more to come. Father, again, we thank you so much for this time and this day. And we pray these things in your son's name. In the name of Jesus, amen.